Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of a thriving practice podcast. It's me, Tracy, and I am really excited to share with you today that we are shaking things up a little bit. Our manager of operations and PR, Miranda Dorta, is interviewing me. And we are just, you know, wanting to make sure that we occasionally reintroduce ourselves and It feels more natural for someone to ask me questions about what we do at our business than for me to prepare uh, a script and talk about myself for a half an hour. So we had a great time. It was really interesting to gain Miranda's perspective of her experience of working with us. Um, This upcoming spring of 24 will be three years that she's been working with us and she's worked her way from starting out with more on the virtual assistant side, working actually on the podcast, and then moving into roles with more responsibility and growing with us as we grow. So it's it's such a pleasure to have spent that time with Miranda, kind of on the other side of things that I got to be the guest on our own podcast. So I invite you to listen in. She asks some really great questions about like what we've done and and how we've worked with clients over the years and how we help our clients take back their time and energy and build, uh, you know, to coin the phrase here, a thriving practice, right? To get to the place of having a successful business, being a successful business person and stepping into that role as a leader in their practices. So I'm just going to let you just hear it. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone. My name is Miranda Dorta, and I'm so thrilled to be here with you guys today. We are flipping the script a little bit. I am the manager of operations and PR here at Tracy Sherpesky International, and I am so thrilled to be interviewing our host, Tracy. Um, So I have been with the company now for, wow, a little over two and a half years, is it now? Um, And it's just been so thrilling just being in different sectors of the company. I actually started out working primarily with the podcast, um, which now it's just full circle coming back and being on the podcast. Um, But I grew into the company. I do a lot of um, client uh, one-on-one client discussions. Um, I help book podcast guests and just all of the back-end admin things. If you're ever booking anything with Tracy, any client coordination, you might be talking to me first. So now you can kind of hear the voice behind some of the emails. Um, But yes, I'm really excited to be on today, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, thank you. This is going to be fun. So thanks for playing along and flipping the script. Oh my gosh, of course. Um, So I'd say let's jump on into it. Um, So one of the first questions I have for you, just kicking it off here, what are the common misunderstandings or stereotypes about running a medical practice that your clients often have to overcome? I think one of the biggest ones is in their training, they've likely done, you know, um, extensive hospital work where they've had to work crazy long, grueling hours and, you know, sacrifice their own well-being in order to, you know, be uh, of service to others. And I think a lot, well, that's one of the things that I see carrying over a lot into when they go pri- go into private practice and start their own practice is that it's like they have to shed that layer. And mm-hmm. sometimes they're not even aware that they're doing it because the training just puts it in there that, you know, you learn how to be tough and you learn how to get through super high stress situations, you know, hopefully intact. And I don't think that, mm-hmm. I think that they think that's okay. And they don't recognize how hard that can be on them physically, mentally, and emotionally. 
Totally. And can you share a specific example of how you helped a client identify and address operational efficiencies in their practice? Yeah, we had, I mean, I've done it with probably all of our clients, but <laughs> one in one in particular that really comes to mind is also one of our biggest, you know, success stories of a graduated client. Um, he, Jeremy, he's a chiropractor mm-hmm. and then he moved into regenerative or added regenerative um, medicine. But when he first came to us, he had a pretty successful practice, was making good money, but he was exhausted. He was overwhelmed. He was, you know, frequently late, um, for, you know, running behind even clinically, but also late getting home to relieve his partner and take over the duties with their three tiny children. And, um, and, you know, also like forgetting or just not having time to eat lunch or take important bio breaks throughout the day. So he was really running himself ragged and burning the candle from both ends. And the most glaring inefficiency was that he only had a part-time admin support and he had a full, a very full-time practice and he had a long backlog of, um, a waiting list. So we went through and just looked over what everything, you know, how could it be better? What would it look like if he had someone who was doing more of the admin work? He was also, you know, sometimes this is a big no, no, I'm like tisk tisking here. He would sometimes collect payment because he wouldn't have an admin person there at certain times of the day. And so that, you know, that was so obvious, Um, but it was hard for him to see because he was in it, you know, the old forest for the trees analogy. So we, I helped him figure out like what it would look like to bring someone on and how much more time that would free up for him to be able to, in this case, actually see more patients, but Mm -hmm. spend less time clinically once he kind of leveled that off. So that was the first stage was just bringing someone in to alleviate the administrative load. And then the second thing that we did was we started looking at what it would look like to bring in a part-time part-time or full-time person who could come in from a clinical perspective to like do the procedures that didn't require his hands on or to mm-hmm. prep patients for when he would come in and do his part of it. Um, and so that actually helped them bring in more patients at one time and fill multiple rooms in the practice while just coordinating moving between them. So it was one was much more obvious than the other. Obviously, if you don't have a full-time ad men and you have a full-time practice, you're, you're already short-staffed. But the other was like figuring out like the nuance of how he could spread himself out throughout the day without overlapping, you know, or impeding patient care. Right, right. And so what does his practice look like now? I have um, heard small success stories, but it's always exciting to hear his. Yeah. You know, I'll say, you know, caveat here, results not mm-hmm. typical. He had mm-hmm. a long waiting list, but in mm-hmm. the first three months that we were working together, those, we only, I don't think we brought on the clinical person until after about closer, like to the six month mark. But in those first three months, we did help him get, you know, make the decision to get to the point of bringing on an admin. So in those first three months, he increased his revenues by 40%. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they were collecting their payments on time mm-hmm. and all the other things that were sometimes slipping through the cracks. And so it was a combination of things, but also freeing up his time to get back to work in the clinical side. And then also like eat lunch, mm-hmm. drink water, use the restroom, you know, yeah. the things that people need to do during the day. Mm-hmm. So totally the benefits of watering your personal time bucket. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Um, So I know this story kind of leads into our next question because it kind of shows the exciting results of 
uh, your work in medical industries. But I know when I first started working with you, you had more of a large niche niche of entrepreneurs. Um, so what sparked your interest to switch that and focus on supporting solely medical providers within their practices? It ultimately became a really practical business decision, um, which once I worked through the practicalities of it and, you know, we kind of sifted through it and decided that it would be a good idea to make our lives easier, easier from like the marketing copy. And from, from that perspective, I started to recognize that by being more of a generalist or being like industry agnostic, um, that I was missing an opportunity to tap into a mission and vision that I held. And I don't think that I was really able to see that until we made the decision to, to deepen our niche and work only in the healthcare space. So when we made that decision first for practical reasons, then I just really like locked into this vision, which is we can help private providers stay in private practice. Mm-hmm. And then we can change the landscape that way of the healthcare industry by helping more people receive patient focused care and by helping these providers be, you know, successful and come out intact. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. regain their time, regain their, their well-being, um, or maintain it if they haven't, you know, started dipping into the burnout stages. Definitely. And, um, I know you've touched on this previously in some episodes, but you don't really have a huge, large background in medical and healthcare. Um, so how do you navigate that with some of your clients? Um, well, I, I, throughout like starting in high school and all through college and a little bit after college, I worked in an orthodontist and a dental office. And so I have an understanding of like the clinical flow, obviously Mm -hmm. things change over time. And so that was, you know, approximately a million years ago, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm a business person, right? I'm, I'm straight up business. My background really is operations and, um, and I studied international management and economic development. And so it's, it's interesting to see actually how the dots connect. Um, So yeah, I mean, I kind of fell into it because so I I had like three or four clients who kind of appeared out of nowhere who were in the medical space. And when I would Mm -hmm. ask them how they found me, only one could say how they found me because could remember. Um, And that was like, I had a colleague who quoted me and was a writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. And he happened to read that article and click on the link that was quoting me. Everybody else sort of came by some, you know, divine or other means. And so I started noticing the patterns. Um, so I, I think we kind of mostly fell into it, but I also mm-hmm. really enjoy working with these people because they're traditionally not business people. Definitely. And obviously they don't study business. I mean, not many of them do. And and those who maybe do go and get an MBA usually are angling, you know, and preparing themselves for like large hospital management type positions. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go get an MBA so they can run their own private practice. And that's where I come in. Definitely. Um, and within kind of sharing your background on your career, can you share a pivotal moment within your career that has shaped the way you support your clients today? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think it, I was already doing it, but I think I had the realization when one of my clients I've been working with had background as an ER doc and now has a regenerative practice. Um, 
he, we'd probably been working together three or four months and cover your ears if you don't like bad language. But he said, Mm -hmm. I just got to tell you, I don't think I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I was like, okay, listen, now we're making progress because that level of vulnerability is really difficult for physicians, especially like an ER doc who's been trained to never let them see you sweat, never let anybody who's terrified and possibly fighting for their lives see you waver. If you need to waver, you step out of the room because you're going to go check on something, right? Hmm. And so for him to be willing to be vulnerable and to share that way, for me, I was like, wow, one is, you know, yay me, I'm creating a safe place for people who j- traditionally don't show any signs of weakness or, or right. I don't think it's weak to admit not knowing something, but, you know, anything that might mm-hmm. feel like weakness or vulnerability that could put them in a bad position or even potentially put them in, you know, in the path of malpractice or something, mm-hmm. you know, to share that with me was I think a reminder that I'm doing this for a reason and that perhaps working with these providers is more of a calling than it was just a practical choice. So, and that just kind of locked me into this niche more in that moment. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and so how do you go about helping your clients gain clarity and focus within their professional lives? I know you talked about this a little bit with Jeremy as his, one of his largest focus was getting back into his professional lives, but especially when they're feeling overwhelmed with the chaos of running a business and being a healthcare provider. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of an interesting, delicate balance. And I warn them, I warn potential clients when we're talking and, you know, we're maybe we've already made a connection. They've already decided that they want to work with me. I pump the brakes even in that conversation and slow things way down to -hmm. prepare them. And I think the biggest thing is you have to slow down. And that's, first of all, that's hard for all of us. We are, I mean, I'm going to pick up my smartphone, right? We got these devices that we can just pick up anytime we want to. They fit in our pocket or purse or our hand and we can get instant, you know, information or whatever. So we've already Mm -hmm. been conditioned to hustle. And then we have like the hustle culture. Um, So my warning is like, listen, the first month, six weeks that we're working together, you, you might like me today and that's great but you might not like me very much after about three weeks of slowing down. And so I'm just going to give you that heads up that I can handle you not liking me for another three weeks. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need you to like me if you're still willing to do the work, but it's the commitment to the practice of slowing down so that we can get super, super, super clear about what we want. And so from a client's perspective, this is everything. Like I think part of the draw for people in healthcare to the work that we do is that we're very, I'm very holistic. We take a, a, a complete person, a whole business, whole person, whole life approach. Mm-hmm. And um, so that means that I'm asking them, like if you're partnered or you're married, what's, you know, what's your relationship with your spouse or partner? What is, what are you looking for? If you want to improve, what are the things that you hear them say that you don't want them to have to say to you anymore? Mm-hmm. Right. And oh very God. often I'm, you know, I'm hearing from our clients that their partners and spouse are like, Hey, it'd be great if you got home on time, like more Definitely. than once every three weeks. Right. Yeah. So we, we learn what's really important and we, I teach them how to slow down to gain that clarity. Mm-hmm. And it's a mantra that I'm now going to start maybe printing and handing out to our people, which is clarity equals speed. Mm-hmm. And the opposite of that is that, that lack of clarity equals haste and chaos. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of us really want that necessarily, not consciously. 
So it's, that's the biggest, most important piece of it. Definitely. And I think it's, you know, it's hard to wrap your head around sometimes the art of slowing down to speed up. (laughs) Um, So how do you apply this principle to healthcare providers? What benefits have you seen when they embrace this mindset? So we, we apply it really kind of bit by bit, but we start Mm -hmm. slow and then, and then you know, I used to do a lot more things in the beginning with clients and I found it was like too much slowing down. And so I've parsed that out over the course of our year that we spend together. But the the application is really like it's a practice. This is a practice. Owning a business, a lot of our clients don't identify as entrepreneurs. They, they right. think of entrepreneurship as like the tech space often. Mm-hmm. So our our intention is to help them embrace entrepreneurship as a practice, just like they do practicing medicine or whatever form of healthcare they're practicing. You know, that language is very important and it's very intentional that this is a practice. It's something that we work out every day. It's not something that we just, you know, explode onto the scene and here we are big and, and, you know, uh, successful and doing all the things, right? Mm-hmm. It takes time. So I think that's the first one is that we just slow down to get super clear about what they really want. And then we start to implement a few things. I also really work with our clients to throttle, not their enthusiasm, but their um, implementation. Like we only do one or two things at a time, maybe three if they already have something in process or they have like an amazing team that does some of the implementation for them or a lot Mm -hmm. of the implementation. Um, And then we take similar to what we do internally, Miranda, where we're like, all right, six to eight weeks is what we're going to watch. We're going to watch to see how this goes. And we're going to then look at the data Mm -hmm. and see what it's telling us. And so we teach our clients the same thing. Definitely. Yeah. And I know one thing that you've taught me over these past years of being together is a lot of time management. And one of my favorite things that you teach, whether it be in roundtables or masterclasses or anything like that, is the importance and the concept of time leadership. Um, So can you elaborate a little bit on that and how it differs from the traditional time management, especially in the context of a medical practice? It may be a subtle, and for some people, this might be a semantic difference, but when I think of the difference between time management and time leadership, I think when I think of the word management, I think from a like a, a like a corporate perspective of being middle man- management. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of details that one's hands are on and they have control over those things. And so that would be to me, time management implies that you have control over the things that are going on, which is fine, well and good. But as a practice leader, a practice owner who's responsible to step into a leadership role, which is a whole like a side topic, also requires a bit of mindset work, is that your time isn't about managing the details. It's about being more visionary. It's about setting the tone. And so it's important to get really clear about what is most important to you and what deserves most of your time and attention. Mm-hmm. And so And it's, I learned after thinking that I coined this phrase, thanks to Dr. Google, I was like, let me just check and see if there's anything out there about time leadership. What I learned, um, which I think applies nicely to our clients who are scientists, is that time leadership is actually an engineering term and it's applied in the same way that we teach it, which is like, it's it's about choosing the most important things so that you get the most results out of how you invest your time. Definitely. And can you share a success story or an example of a client who is able to re- regain um, or reclaim significant time and increase their efficiency with your support? Yeah, I'll go back to Jeremy. He's not the only person who's had success, but 
But I think just given that I already set the tone by sharing how exhausted he was mm-hmm. and overwhelmed and and all of that in the course of, I I may be getting my timeframes mixed up, but I think it took like three to six months before we were able to kind of bring it back. But he ended up taking two half days back per week instead of taking wow. a full day. He didn't trust himself to use one whole day wisely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and this is the other thing. It's like, it's not, there's not one size fits all. Like it's going to be different for each person. Definitely. Um, so he ended up taking those two half days back. And until his children were in school, he used one of those half days to be home with his kids mm. and relieve his wife or when she went back to work or, you know, whatever, that he was able to be the person that was with the kids for that half day. And that was really special time for him and his little tiny kids. Um, and then the other half day he used for research, which is how he ended up, you know, moving into and developing more of a, a knowledge and solid base of regenerative medicine work. So mm-hmm. it helped him move into the next stage for him, which then became branching out and officially adding regenerative medicine. And then he went and, you know, got started working on his PhD and is doing a fellowship in regenerative medicine. So it really helped him carve out that time and dedicate and commit to using that time or investing that time in things that he knew would pay off in the longer run. Definitely. And I think really that just shows the importance of really prioritizing your personal life alongside your professional and your practice, how much oh, it can 100%. benefit you if you just give yourself some peace. <laughs> and it's something that, you know, you can't actually buy it, but we talk right. about buying back time because it's an mm-hmm. investment, right? So we use very intentionally use language like investing in your time instead of spending time, right? It's kind of the like Newtonian concept of time is that it's always running out. If we have like the little hourglass, you know, it's always running out. But in Einstein time, it's much more considered like being in flow and, and having it be more expansive. So even just mm-hmm. using the language of investing time. And, Definitely. you know, instead of spending it is, um, is really supportive of like having that mindset shift because it is a, a bit of a paradigm shift for how mm-hmm. time works, especially for people who have been conditioned to not having their time to themselves yeah. because they might have been in, you know, in a system when they would do, you know, being on call or shift work or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Especially in this atmosphere right now, of like you mentioned, hustle culture or mm-hmm girl bossing, you feel mm-hmm. like it's always a go, go, go rather than a slow down to speed up. Yeah. There's nothing sexier than a relaxed human. I'm Definitely. sorry. It's Definitely. not sexy to hustle. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you've got good moves, maybe, maybe we'll talk, but there's just something that's to me, that's part of the success picture is what, you know, when do you, what do you do when you get to exhale? Mm-hmm. What do you do with that energy, with your time? How do you want to, how do you want to invest that time? Definitely. That gives you clarity for other things you might want to implement in your practice or implement for your clients that you might not even know was there. And you don't give yourself some time to think and meditate on that idea. For sure. And I think even for, you know, for people who are a little bit more creative, we often bulk at structure. We think that it's going to be really restrictive, but actually creating structure around, there's a, a book that I read a long time ago, now I can't remember the name of it or who said it, but um, <laughs> but he talks about mastering the mundane, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like routinizing the daily tasks, like, you know, down to like, if you don't wash your hair every day, what days do you wash your hair? And you right. stick to that schedule as much as possible. Not because you have to be rigid about things. Obviously you bake in the flexibility, but having structure around the things that you otherwise might not really need to think about that much mm-hmm. means now you really don't have to think about them. 
And so every time we recapture a ti- even the tiniest bit of mental energy, it actually frees up a lot of time and space because we can become better and more adept at decision-making. And so now maybe we've got more, you know, um, decisive action taking mm-hmm. abilities than we would if we're stuck in a holding pattern of trying to decipher, you know, what's for lunch today, or right. when do I wash my hair today? What shirt am I wearing? You know, if you mm-hmm. figure those things out in advance, it's one less thing to think about. Definitely. It's like the smallest things can set you up for success. For sure. And there, and it's kind of like this um, analogy that that um, Tony Robbins uses. And I'm not a golfer, but it's such a good analogy. It's like the difference between you know one or two millimeters. What can happen? So mm-hmm. in golf, the difference of adjusting your hands or adjusting your stance or moving your shoulders or whatever of one or two millimeters, a tiny difference is like the ball can go straight off, you know, into the water, or it can go out and then start to gently curve over toward the green. Mm-hmm. So for our golfers out there, you can. <laughs> Let me know if I used those words right. Right. But I think, you know, like it doesn't take much to change the trajectory. Mm -hmm. It's also one of the things that we practice with, you know, slowing down to speed up is like we do incremental changes. Unless there's a need for a radical departure from what Mm -hmm. one is doing, it's actually better to adjust a few small things at once and then watch and see what happens and make sure it's heading the way we want it to. Definitely. And it's so important to reflect on that too. Reflect on the journey and see how far you've come with those baby steps. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is the whole thing about people are like, never look back. I'm like, well, maybe you want to look in that rearview mirror and celebrate what's mm-hmm. behind you. Definitely. <laughs> We're very big yeah. at that here. here. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do a lot of like celebrate your accomplishments at the end of the day, right? One of mm-hmm. our tips is, is, you know, of course, you're going to start your day with your to-do list. And at the end of the day, let's celebrate the ta-da list, mm-hmm. what, what I've accomplished. And don't ever diminish any progress because just like incremental steps or baby steps, you know, similar to like investing in a, in like an IRA, right. Mm-hmm. Where you, they get that, the compound interest over time and then it doubles and then it doubles, right. It's similar to anything we do in our lives. If we want to improve our fitness, let's not go out and, you know, r- try to run up Mount Everest. No, Oof. what you're going to do first is probably get a pair of shoes. Definitely. Right? And then, and then you might like go for a little walk mm-hmm. and then over time, you're going to, you know, start doing different levels of training. It's the same with everything else in life. Like we get so much more out of making the incremental changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for our medical providers listening to this podcast, what advice or tips would you offer them to start improving their practice management and overall well-being? If you're not inclined or thinking about working with a coach or a, um, consultant who can help you like get really clear and start moving things forward. I would say the first thing is just slow down, like take maybe 30 minutes and write out all of your magic wand wishes. Like if you could wave a magic wand or rub the genie bottle thingy, you know, what would you, what would your life look like and write it in the present tense and, and keep writing until you get to the outside edge of your normal thinking, because that's actually where the magic starts to take place and creativity comes back to life. So if you are, are like a lot of our clients, when they first come to us, you're overworked, you're like, oh, sure, Tracy, that's really cute. Thanks for letting me now need to go get a journal and start writing for 30 minutes. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, You're welcome. And, you know, you might be surprised what you learn. And I would say do that for all areas of life, not just your business. So if you could have everything you ever wanted in time, money, and energy were no issue, what would that look like? And I would, you know, put a caveat in there, realistic, but a stretch. Like if it's never 
possibility or that you can see so far to like never work again and have all the money that you want and you're not about to inherit something, you know, let's pull it back a notch, but realistic, but a stretch. That little piece, 30 minutes that you invest in yourself can shift how you start to see things. And you might be surprised. Your dreams might start getting a little interesting. You might start noticing things during the day that you hadn't noticed before. You might start spotting some of the inefficiencies that you've tried to ignore that you probably knew were there, but you weren't consciously allowing because you just didn't have time or energy to deal with it. So it's interesting how that will help you slow down, taking 30 minutes to just write it all out. Right. It's definitely the smallest amount of time too. 30 minutes is, you know, depending on what kind of practice you're running, a patient, half a patient or two patients, Mm -hmm. right? So in the course of your whole day, even that's not a lot. Definitely. So um, it's been a pleasure, Tracy. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? I would just, I'd like to put a little plug in here since, since we're here. (laughs) Um, If, if what we've been talking about today is sparking some thoughts for you, I would invite you to schedule a call with me. It's free. We're very low pressure around here Mm because we don't want to work with people who don't want it. (laughs) So, you know, if you're just curious (laughs) and you want to learn some more, you want to see what's possible. We are currently building a community of practice, which we're, Mm -hmm. we've named thriving practice community and we're opening the doors, um, soon actually. And Mm -hmm. by the time this goes live, we will have already had one of our meet and greets. We're going to have another meet and greet on the 22nd of February, which is a Thursday. Um, And I invite you to like, come check it out. So the place to see that would be at uh, practicesuccess.co forward slash events, or just click on one of the links in the show notes to be Mm -hmm. able to find out about it. We'd love to see you there, learn more about it, that or schedule a call with me. Definitely. The meet and greets are free. They are a wonderful place just to meet like-minded medical practitioners like yourself. And you don't even need to be a medical provider or a practice owner if you are in that field or if you have any interest in that field as well, just to meet like-minded people. We definitely invite you to join. Yeah, do come along. They're they're great. We had one, mm-hmm. uh, we had one a while ago, and it was super mm-hmm. powerful. We opened the yeah. floor for the participants to be able to interact with one another and support each other with, you know, you know, I guess on the on the ground they call it best practice. I think in, mm-hmm. in our world it's more like it's more elevated than that. It's really like, uh, um, you know, oh, what's the word? I'm just like collective intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. it's just. It's something really magical happens when like-minded folks come together and have the opportunity to support one another and share ideas and and uh, talk it through. So yeah, do join us. It's really awesome. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you. Of <laughs> course, thank you for having me. This was absolutely yeah. wonderful. I loved you know being on the other side of the business. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for saying yes to this. I think that this is you know, from a business perspective, it's good to shake things up sometimes, but also get me in my natural habitat, right? You get to Mm -hmm. just hear me just speak from the heart. And I I appreciate that you um, took the time to do that with us. So thank you. Of course. And thank you for your wonderful answers. You always blow me away with your intelligence and just, I'm always in awe of you. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I love what I do and I'm, I'm really glad that it shows. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, to our listeners, thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening today. I so enjoyed having that conversation with Miranda and just being um, in my, you know, air quotes here, natural habitat (laughs) and able to just speak from the heart about what we do and really what brought us here. I think everybody on this entrepreneurial path deserves to recognize that it's a journey and to make a lot of room for growth, which I'm sure that you know, our sweet listeners, that that includes making mistakes and tripping and falling, maybe even jumping and falling and and learning. And along the way, I think the, the thing that always comes through for me when I get to share uh, the process of moving into this niche is just how much it resonates with me how much you all care. And that is part of the reason that I do what I do is I really want to be part of your world and helping you become more adept at business and successful as a business owner so that you can go forward and do your great work in this world without worrying about, you know, how to pay your payroll or how to, you know, make sure that the business side of things is running smoothly. That's where we help you. So just wanted to share this journey with you. And I so appreciate you being here. Make sure if you're interested in learning about the Thriving Practice community that you click on the links in the show and one of the links in the show notes that will take you to information about it. From there, you can decide if you just want to kind of take a look at the flyer or if you want to attend one of our upcoming meet and greets or if you would like to just go for it and schedule a call with me to see if it's the right fit for you. Give it a little tap in the show notes on the link that works best for you or go to practicesuccess.co and click on events. That'll take you to our meet and greet. So appreciate you listening to us. Have a great day. Great day.